By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience. Your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Welcome to episode 94, hour number two of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard, and remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy with the wonderful plant, and uh, we've got a dynamite show, uh, a guy who's had a huge influence in the cannabis industry uh, will be joining us, but of course, we've got to start things off by asking, what's your groove? in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Pipe and a crank, long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So for those that uh, have just stumbled upon the show, when we ask what's your groove, it means what are you grooving with as you're listening to this, uh, obviously not driving unless it's just CBD that you're going with, but if you're kicking back listening to this, what are you grooving with as you go? Is it a joint? Do you got a bong? What cultivar? Maybe, like I said, you just got some relaxing CBD or maybe you have an edible or a drink. There's uh, certainly uh, a ton of different options that you can have. So... What I'm going with is some Afghani Drifter. You'll find out uh, why. And uh, I'm I'm going to use uh, uh, something that I uh, grabbed recently. It's uh, the Weed Van. This uh, very cool VW-looking van. It uh, looks like it's idling uh, when uh, there's uh, some smoke billowing out. So I'm going to get my uh, groove on right now. There we go. I don't know if you can see that or not, but yeah, see, it looks like it's idling. So there we go. I've got my groove on. Put the the, uh, the van back in its uh, rightful spot, and we'll get going uh, with the show because here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. Darren Karasuk is the CEO of Nova Cannabis, and uh, he's had a really successful and eventful career in cannabis before he jumped on board. And we're going to talk about the new value buds that they have going. Uh, there are some incredible deals, and and selling uh, uh, affordable cannabis does not mean you're selling bottom barrel. I'm paraphrasing. Darren has a great line on that because there are some great deals. 
uh, to be had. So it's going to be a fun conversation and uh, with an interesting guy in the cannabis space as well. Chris Ionson, uh, former Nova Cannabis on uh, White Ave and Jasper Ave. Uh, but now he's with Plant Life. He's a regional manager, and he's still our educator on Know Your Buds. He's going to join us. We're going to do Afghani Drifter, which I just had, uh, from Greybeard. Uh, you're going to love it. Our cannabis qu- character is about fictional characters. Uh, our cannabis question, rather, is about fictional characters. What pairs well with uh, cannabis has uh, something to do with what's going on right now in a lot of households in Canada. And uh, we'll tell you about the Weed Weekly and how you can get in on our Friday giveaway. But uh, let's kick things off right now with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a grape, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go! So the question this week, if you're watching, you see it on the screen there. If you're listening, thank you very much. You can also check out the show on our YouTube channel. What fictional character would you like to smoke a joint with? Now, this can be any fictional character. This doesn't have to be just... A cannabis character. Uh, I'm going with, uh, yeah, I've never seen a cannabis uh, book, episode, story uh, from uh, the, uh, the, the one where this character comes from. I'm going with Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh uh, from my childhood because that guy needs a pick-me-up. That guy needs some uh, Jack or Rare or some uh, Bow Valley OG or something like that to get him going. Uh, he needs to pick it up. And you know what? Tigger needs to come down. He needs uh, some granddaddy perps or something like that to really relax him. So I'm going with the gang from 100 Acre Wood, specifically Eeyore as my character uh, for who uh, I would like to smoke a joint with, fictional character. If you'd like to get in on this, uh, we're going to give away some very cool things from PAX. Uh, we've got some Cannabis 101 podcast engraved PAX eras. We're giving away all this month. Uh, because, of course, we're taking a break at the end of the month. So you want to get in on this. Uh, it's, it'll be the last giveaways. Although we'll be doing some giveaways on Relevant as well. But uh, we only have a limited one of these Cannabis 101 podcast packs era engraves. You just stick the pot in. It's uh, it's so awesome. Hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. Facebook and Instagram, the Cannabis 101 podcast. And you can get me on email, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. You could be anonymous and still win a prize. Just let me know if you'd like to be anonymous, and we can hook you up on that. But there you go. You're in the mix. Any conversation you have with this show gets you in the prize mix. Comment on anything that we talk about. You're in the mix to win a prize. And and there's some other cool things that are going to go along with it uh, from PAX and from us here at the Cannabis 101 podcast. So make sure you check that out. And make sure you get on relevant download the app now because that's basically where this show is going to move to for at least the summer um hopefully not too much longer than that but we'll see uh but we're gonna move our segments and our guests and our conversations to relevant where you and i can chat live not through email not through text not through twitter you can get on the app, you can get on there, and we can talk back and forth. Q&As we're going to have with some cool guests. So first you download the app. Relevant is R-E-L-E-V-N-T. 
then get to on the Weedopedia, join the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe, and boom, you're in the mix. There's a message board there. We post the show and other things. We'll, like I said, have live audio chats where you can get involved. It's so awesome. First of all, download the app, then get on Weedopedia and check out the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe. We are going to have so much fun with this this summer. Uh, it is not even funny it's it's going to be wild uh we're going to be doing uh, i'm going to try and be on there every day uh doing something with you guys it's going to be so great so as for what pairs well with cannabis uh this is something that is happening in every single well, i shouldn't say every single a lot of households across canada right now because a there's so many restrictions going on uh and b this just naturally happens at this year i'm talking about the nhl playoffs Playoffs. Yeah, indeed. Playoffs. I'm talking about the playoffs. The playoffs. Uh, cannabis, pot, and the playoffs. Sign me up. And by the way, go Jets in the Oilers Jets matchup. Ooh, trippy. It's like a masterpiece. Uh, or what's that uh, super thriller horror theater on the SCTV? I'm, I'm a big Jets fan. I'm from Manitoba, so I'm cheered for the Jets against the Oilers in that one. And that's what pairs well with cannabis. Uh, rolling up a big fatty. If you can watch it outside, it's even better. Uh, but, uh, you know, getting high and watching the Jets soar, that's my plan after I get this uh, recorded. So, all right, uh, we're going to hear from the CEO of Nova Cannabis when we return. Darren Karasuk is going to join me on the show after we hear the weed song from the artist, Sorry About Your Dog. <laughs> Looking forward to this conversation for quite a while, being joined by the CEO of Nova Cannabis, Inc., uh, Darren Karasuk. Uh, Darren, thank you so much for joining me on the program today. Um, our listeners and viewers can check out One Hitters uh, tomorrow. That'll be coming out uh, tomorrow here on the Cannabis 101 podcast. But I always like to start uh, with every guest that I have uh, with kind of the same question is, what did you do before the cannabis space? Because for most of us, we had some sort of job that wasn't uh, involved in cannabis uh, before before we ar arrived here. So, you know, what was life like before cannabis uh, for you? Well, you know, it wasn't with a reputable industry whatsoever, Dean. I was a consultant. <laughs> um, before I, uh, before I got into, uh, cannabis side of things. Um, and, you know, I spent much of my career at that point, um, focused on highly regulated industries was really my focus on things. So, you know, be that pharmaceutical, be that tobacco, be that alcohol and like highly regulated was really the focus. And what happened was, you know, the medical cannabis system really started to take hold here in Canada. And I looked at it, you know, at the time opportunistically and thinking, all right, 
all the same problems all these other um, highly regulated industries have faced are going to be the ones that the cannabis industry is going to face. So started to, you know, get more involved, familiarize myself more um, and start digging into it very much that way. Um, you know, culminating with with my time at uh, at Deloitte before I made the pivot from there to the uh, to the LP side of things, um, and became a bit of a believer in cannabis at that time. Was there was there kind of a, a light bulb moment uh, that you remember? And you know, like what year was this where you thought this could be something? But was there one kind of moment maybe that that triggered things for you, or one? Uh, event or anything like that that you can remember well i mean there's two different ways there's there's the what this is going to be from a business perspective um and then the other part of it is kind of you know knew how big cannabis could be from a i'll call it a therapeutic type of perspective and i guess i'll kind of give you both on that one and i recall once i was i did a study um back in i think it was 2015 now 16 and I was at Deloitte and it was, uh, was sort of the first crack or look at really understanding what the recreational market in Canada could in fact look like. Um, and that kind of got put out and, and you know, was, was posted and the like. And I understand to this day, it's still the one of the top downloaded reports in, in the company's history. But, but when I was asked to come present these findings, to groups and I'd walk into these rooms um, and there was hundreds and hundreds of people in there all sort of thirsty for the knowledge and asking questions. I, you know, on one side, I was like, huh, you know, there's something here. People are really interested in this and, and really want to know more about it and are really thinking that there's going to be um, a hell of an industry involved there on it. And that was, that was a bit of a light bulb moment um, for me, for sure. You know, and I think on the, the other side of things, uh, on the, I'll call it the therapeutic side of things, you know, um, I had, uh, had a surgery a number of years ago, a lot of years ago now, and I decided to, in preparation for that, um, really take a lot of CBD and to, to kind of prep because of all the, the anti-inflammatory properties associated with it and the results in terms of my recovery time um, what was expected versus what I actually went through. Um, you know, there's a lot of other variables involved in that to be sure, but it was really aided in recovery. And I thought, man, there is, there is really something to this, right? I am, I'm now a believer. I've, I've heard the stories, you know, I, at that point we were doing a lot of work with, with veterans, Canadian forces, veterans who were dealing with all the ravages of PTSD and the like coming back from, you know, most notable of which was Afghanistan and them talking about how cannabis was literally saving their lives um, in terms of helping them manage those symptoms that were there. You heard those stories, you saw that, but then when it actually, when you go through it and do it yourself um, and use it for your own therapeutic benefits, again, on the medical side, that was a, yeah, there's something here for sure. Uh, so those are the two kind of, I guess, light bulb moments, but you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, too, yeah, I'm not sure anyone really recognized how big this industry would get. And, you know, I don't mean that in terms of the sales side of things, but just how high profile it would become mm -hmm. until you're sitting there in the middle of it and you're kind of looking around going, wow, 
this happened. Um, you know, it, even the wildest sort of expectations on a whole bunch of fronts you know, didn't align with, with how big the hype got around things in the early days. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, um, some some impressive things that you were doing, as you mentioned, uh, the amount of downloads for for that report, and and you know the ball started really getting rolling. What was it like when you decided to work with Med Relief and then you know take them through the uh, the IPO, three point two billion dollar acquisition from Aurora? I mean, you know, when you first joined that company, was it like, hey, we're gonna get a like top dollar for this? We're gonna blow everybody away? You know. What were the expectations like compared to the end result? No, the, the, the truth of the matter was, you know, I was um, I was out pitching business and I met the folks at MedRelief and uh, got to know the CFO there. Um, brilliant guy. And, you know, we were talking and, and he kind of just said to me, listen, we can hire you to do a bunch of work, but why don't you just come join us? And all right, you know, uh, I got a great vibe over what they were doing. And at that point in time, I had now met with, you know, just about every LP of, of consequence. Um, and I thought, let's, let's, let's take the gamble. Let's, let's roll the dice. Let's, um, let's have some fun with, with this that's, that's there. And that was a bit of a whirlwind. You know, MedRelief was a, um, you know, incredibly well-performing uh, LP. And then, you know, it was still a private company. And we saw at the time, Others going public and, you know, we were looking to continue to expand. We had an incredibly successful business and that decision was made by, by the board and by management, by ownership, it was private at the time to, uh, to go public. And that was a, that was a whirlwind in terms of, uh, going through that entire process. The first time for me on the inside of things, um, and what came with it in terms of expectations, um, and, and how the world kind of perceived and valued various uh, cannabis businesses. I mean, it was a very different world back then, back there, um, you know, team. Now, when you take a look at analyst reports or how companies are evaluated, um, it, it's based on traditional metrics that are out there, you know, sales, earnings, and all the rest of it. But back in the day, um, it was because the revenue hadn't really arrived yet. What you were seeing was a lot of you know, valuations based on square footage or number of lights or funded capacity or, or all of that. Um, but it was all a bit of a whirlwind there. And then very quickly, you know, within a year um, from our IPO, uh, we were sold to, uh, to Aurora. And, you know, the IPO, I think, was around $800 million and bought a year later for the, the $3.2 um, billion, um, which was, you know, great for everyone involved in, in that transaction. And I had the privilege of sticking around at, uh, at Aurora um, to, to kind of take on a, an elevated role as the chief commercial officer, which, you know, further expanded my experiences, not just in terms of the medical and the recreational system in Canada, but in terms of being part of a, a more globally focused company and experiences around the world. Um, you know, selling cannabis into brand new emerging markets that were that were there. But still, I'll, you know, they say that cannabis years is like dog years. Um, <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's true. Kind of what transpired in the matter of a few short years is the kind of things that most people don't experience in a career. And I was very fortunate for that, for that chapter. And now we have a brand new chapter and a new part of the value chain. Yeah, it's it's amazing that this is a trajectory. 
trajectory rather of the career that you've had is so you know and and then going into getting into recreational from from you know the medical cannabis side uh, obviously there's some differences and you know we're we're almost coming up on the three-year anniversary i i think that in general there you know everything could be improved but you know, there's always hurdles in a new industry, um, in a new kind of sort of a startup industry. When you look back at the first two and a half years, we can always say, you know, what we could have done better. But what is, what are the things that you think were done right? Well, listen, I think what was done right is you had a whole lot of people who are involved in the business for the right reasons. Um, they believed in it. They wanted to be a part of it. They worked incredibly hard. Um, to try to do the right thing and to to try to grow this to the best of everyone's um, abilities that were were out there, um, and I think that very much um, was was uh, was a positive in terms of the first um, couple of years there, right? And keeping in mind again the pace of things between the passing of, of federal legislation to you know the product being legal was was very very short period, and then even now. You know, the joke now in all these COVID lockdown measures is, you know, now cannabis retailing is deemed an essential service. And two and a half years ago, it was illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that's a hell of a pivot as well that we've kind of um, gone through. I think, you know, the other side of it, though, Dean, is and maybe you're going to go there is, you know, I think overall we, we a little bit more patience and a little bit keeping expectations in check in terms of things, mm-hmm. understanding how much needed to be done understanding that when you stand up an entire industry, um, that there are going to be challenges, um, that it's just different and it's not something that scales in the same way that technology so easily scales off of a simple platform, right? It's just Mm -hmm. different. And with anything, you have to, um, you know, be flexible and have to pivot on different things and, and, you know, ideas start one way. And, you know, I've, I've started many different shows where the idea was one way at the start. And then by the time we ended the show, it was a completely different thing. So, um, when did the idea of value buds start uh, taking shape, uh, within the Nova Cannabis Inc.? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, Almost the, the truth of the matter is that those of us that have been around for a long time in the industry know that this was always what was going to sort of be the opportunity. And, and really what I mean by that is, you know, in the early days, in the advance of legalization, the early days thereafter too, um, there is a real sense that somehow this new or this aspirational consumer would come rushing into the market on legalization. That your, you know, your, your Lululemon wearing soccer moms and soccer dads uh, would, you know, suddenly give up their Pilsners and, and Pinot Grigio for, for pink Kush um, mm-hmm. and be willing to pay uh, a lot for it. Um, that was sort of a bit of a, uh, a myth that, that popped up. And you saw a lot of hype out of companies, particularly south of the border, who were who were touting that not only at a product level, but also at a retail level, the likes of MedMen and the like with, you know, every store looks like an Apple store type Mm -hmm. of approach to things. But the truth is, most of us who really spent any considerable time really trying to understand the, the consumer knew that the vast majority of the consumer base was not that. It was the legacy consumer. And it was really a matter of trying to um, bring the legacy consumers into the marketplace that was 
that was there. So, you know, we knew that we knew that the high volume consumer was, you know, more value conscious consumer. But in terms of more specifically kind of fast forwarding uh, and the market, by the way, really, really was was buying that in a lot of ways or, or really running with that. You know, the folks at Alcana, they they had enjoyed great success in terms of understanding the liquor business and the value segment of the liquor business and recognized that really where the growth of the market is, is largely about converting those from the unregulated market into the regulated market. And it's about value and the products. There is no brand value at the product level yet of consequence that that's out there. That's a reflection of the regulatory environment and just time, right? I mean, all the big brands in the world have done so on the back of massive media spends and decades mm -hmm. of time. That doesn't happen. So, so this sort of idea popped up, I guess, last year when the Alcana folks, and I was on the board of Alcana at the time, decided to give it a, a whirl in terms of a value proposition in cannabis to take the other end of the spectrum where nobody else was, was playing. And they opened up a few stores in Alberta as a test in the second half of, of 2020 to, um, to test it out and saw incredible lift by just offering a, a value conscious offering. So it's the same great product, just at a much lower price point. Um, and the sales lift was, was incredible. That really gave us the confidence to say, okay, we can do this at a national level and we can do this on a banner wide level. And we think we are really going to pull into the marketplace all those people who are, who are currently consuming and purchasing out of the unregulated market. We can pull them in with price points that are going to be much more competitive than even what they're getting now in the illicit market. Um, we're going to offer them, you know, safe product, uh, tested product, all the products that they in fact want, but at price points that are, that are simply um, much more appealing to them. And that was sort of the genesis of this, this recognition that 70% of all the cannabis consumed in this country is consumed by 20% of the adult um, of the adult consumption base, right? Um, high volume, value conscious consumers. It's not aspirational, it's fact. So we decided to lever that. And we have this great benefit with, you know, again, Alcana's done it in liquor, so we know the playbook. Um, we've got the backing of a, of a regulated product retailer. You know, Alcana um, was, a, was a liquor retailer, still is, mm -hmm. you know, for a quarter century. So our ability to lever all of that experience with our insights on where the market's actually going and where the opportunity is and where the known market is, uh, was really how this all kind of um, came to be. And of course, earlier in this year, we, um, we, we spun Nova Cannabis out from Alcana. Um, as a separate entity, we raised some money and our growth trajectory, you know, we've been having, you know, been converting a lot of our stores to value buds. We'll continue to do that over the course of the next few months. Um, and the, uh, the results uh, have been tremendous. Well, I, you know, I think the, the one thing that you nailed is when legalization happened, the, the first thing people complained about or were worried about was the price. And, you know, we, we can talk about the amount of taxes that, that there are, the, you know, those things, but, um, those taxes aren't going away. Eventually, hopefully they'll get smaller, but they're not going to go away. So the one thing people were saying is, why does it cost me this much from a store when it costs me this much from my guy or, or my girl? So you certainly have a hit on one of the uh, the biggest, uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, 
consumer complaints um, when legal cannabis did come in. Now, when you go into the store, and I've been into some value bud stores, and there is definitely some great value. But maybe f- from your point of view, can you tell my listeners about the the products? Are there do you have the some top shelf products that are just uh, reduced in price, or is it mostly bargain products? What are some of the products that you will see at value bud stores? It's a great question. I want to make very very clear. Value Buds is not about selling cheap weed. It's about selling good weed cheaply. Um, So when you walk into our stores, you are going to find all the products that the consumer could want. You will find all the categories, be it concentrates, be it flour, be it pre-rolls, everything that that you'll know and and you'll want. And, you know, as we've been very public, in in time, we're going to be rolling out our own private label brand as well which we think is really going to speak to to our core customer that's there. But what you're going to find are these products and you're going to see comparisons. You know, we've we've created a store that's really designed for, you know, yes, there's educational elements to it, which is to say, make sure people, you know, if you've got questions, answer those questions and navigate the consumers appropriately. But it's about, you know, high transaction volume, right? Um, Again, knowing our core consumer. our core consumer comes in, they know what they want. These are already consumers for the most part. They're not net new uh, consumers of, of cannabis. So they know they come in. So how we present the product that's out there, you know, our menu boards, which are you know very straightforward in terms of menu boards, it's written out there. Here's what we've got by category. Here's our price versus the competitor's price that's out there. You see the value you're getting. Um, you know, if, if you're not sure about that, you can walk over to one of our counters there. And what we've deployed are our deli cases where it's actually been merchandised in such a way where you've got products at, at various different price points. And we'll say right there, big sticker, five to 10 bucks, 10 to 15, 15 to 20, so on and so forth, all the way down. So if you walk in there as a consumer and you got 20 bucks in your pocket, you're not sure what you want. You can take a look at a deli case and I got 15 bucks. What does 15 bucks get me? Perfect, good, done out the door and they can get on with their um, with their life. But again, all the products we've got there, we over-index on flour as our consumer base uh, over-indexes on uh, flour to be sure. Um, but you'll find all of the products you would in any other store just at a reduced uh, price point and just present it in such a way that we recognize what our consumer wants. Let's get them what they want and let's let them get on with their day um as as quickly as they as they possibly can i think it's a fantastic model awesome so you started out with a couple of stores and then you know now you have uh you know quite a few stores that have switched from uh, nova cannabis to to value buds what is the the you know i know the feedback in the beginning was good since you guys have made the bigger switch kind of what what is the 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 traction the data what is it telling you about this move and and, and what's happening with it yeah, I'm going to be a little bit more qualitative with you, Dean, because we're in a I'm in a blackout period right now until until next week. So um, we will be announcing our results next week, and you can uh, check those out to see, you know, the specific uh, in terms of what the uh, what the pickup has been on the conversions. It's there, but listen, we certainly know qualitatively that we're making an impact on things. Um, we know that because I'm hearing that from all of my connections throughout the cannabis world, the licensed producers are telling us, wow, you guys are really shaking things up. And of course, licensed producers love to work with us because we're a higher volume store. There's no difference in the price that they make off of their product. 
um, but we're just selling, you know, two plus times as much of it as a typical store. So licensed producers are, are very much keen to work with us on, on that side of things. Um, and, and the, you know, again, the feedback in a qualitative sense has been, has been spectacular. And, and in, the, in the days to come, you know, we'll have some quantifiable results out there in the public that you'll be able to, uh, to, to read all about. But, but nonetheless, we're encouraged. And again, back when we first flipped these stores, the first test stores back in uh, um, the second half of last year, you know, we saw lifts of upwards of 250% in terms of, of revenue. Um, on a store level basis, right? Which again, just speaks to, you know, the price elasticity of demand for, for cannabis products. And as you mentioned earlier on, Dean, you know, we know this from studies from all the big four consultants from, you know, the federal government as well. Price is the number one consideration, mm -hmm. uh, or certainly the top two for, for what the consumers are looking for. And we're delivering on that. And I think the other thing is we're doing it in a very, uh, you know, a very clear, concise way, even right down to the branding value buds. Um, like, you know what you're mm -hmm. getting when you're walking in there. There's no ambiguity to that. And in this sort of highly regulated environment that we face when it comes to cannabis marketing there, it's important for the consumer to see that store and know exactly what's in that store and exactly what the value proposition uh, is there. There's no guessing mm -hmm. involved for things. Yeah, the name advertises exactly what you're doing. And in an industry where you can advertising, just the sign on the store does that uh, for you. And now you have 53 stores total. How many are value buds? And, you know, is there a plan? I'm not, not even sure if you're, you can tell me about this, but is there a plan to take all Nova stores uh, to the value buds model and, and any future stores that open up? Or do you think there will always be some Nova stores? Well, the, the current plan now, certainly anything new that we're building out, um, Dean, uh, they're all going to be value buds. Mm -hmm. That's the plan. That's the strategy. You know, I'm Toronto based. Um, to this point, Nova's been largely Alberta based for for all the reasons we're aware of in terms of how things have rolled out in various jurisdictions that's there. But in terms of all the stores that we have in the pipeline here in Ontario, um, they're all going to be value buds and we'll continue to convert Nova stores over to value buds as those markets sort of warrant that, um, but but the majority of them are, are already in that direction or have headed that direction or have already been been converted over in the last, you know, six weeks or so. You uh, have a, a really strong team, um, you know, surrounding you uh, with Nova Cannabis Inc. You know, I've, I've been lucky to have two uh, team members on this program, yeah. uh, Marcy Kiziak uh, was was a lot of fun, and uh, you know her and Grant Sanderson gave this show so much support. Grant and my wife grew up together. He was the very first oh, really? guest on this show, and he was such a big help in in getting this show off the ground and helping me. So just from those two people, I know you have a great team. But you know, maybe tell us about a little bit about the kind of the the management team that you have going at Novus Cannabis Inc. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. We do have a, a, a great team that's there. And that's part of the benefit, you know, of us being able to to lever uh, a lot of the back office uh, and corporate functions that Elcana brings to the table there. Uh, all the folks there, you know, our CFO, David, uh, is doing double duty as a CFO of both Nova and, um, you know, Elcana. And he's been around for a decade. So so he knows um, everything there is to know about um, about that role as CFO uh, of a public company in a regulated space. Um, our general counsel, again, the same thing, um, has got a lot of experience when it comes to that. You've mentioned Marcy. 
who's just done spectacular work in terms of getting the original stores up and running and now making the conversions and also helping us really manage the the integration with the yss stores which we which we purchased as part of the rto earlier in this year and really bringing them into the fold the systems the processes um, our, our chief information officer really understands um, sort of that obviously the it element of retailing incredibly well also the the element of of compliance as a public company you know we've got a higher threshold of of these things and really um, does that incredibly effective I'm going to continue to build out the team as well here in Ontario. Um, we've picked up, uh, you know, uh, a, a business development lead that's helping me out here, who I actually go way back to. With um, uh, he was uh, at Med Relief, and then he went off to an LP and that, another LP, and then he ended up with uh, what was Canopy Rivers. So you want to talk about a guy who's mm -hmm. um, sort of seen all the transactions in the space? You know, we were fortunate that. You know, between all of us, you know, we know all the players in the space. We can, we know how the system works. We've seen all parts of the value chain uh, in detail, which just gives us a, a leg up when it comes to the retail part of the value chain because we understand what to look for. Uh, and we understand who to partner with and we understand um, who's going to help us out. But the entire team uh, and even our, you know, our chair, who's the uh, CEO of Alcana, uh, Jamie Burns. Um, brings an incredible amount of uh, of experience to the to the table that's there. So feeling very good about that. And the, you know, the truth of the matter is too, that's what's giving us an advantage. Is I'm not trying to build up a team from scratch, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's got a bunch of people who've been doing this already, um, who are just going to be focusing on this a little bit more. Who've got a cadence, who understand what things are like at the beginning, and understand very clearly what we're trying to achieve uh, through the value buds proposition. Um, what are some of your favorite, uh, maybe non-traditional joint bong pipe? I know we talked in one hitters about you, you know, you kind of gone away from combustion and I think that's, you know, very smart of people, but, and I also think it's commendable that, you know, you are the CEO and you are openly talking about, you know, these are the cannabis products that I like. And, and, and I also think that's an important, uh, part of this cannabis industry of taking it forward. Uh, so what are some of the products that you love, love out there right now? I, I love the, uh, that blue dream, uh, click from OS and I picked it up at value buds at a very, very good rate. There's really some cool products out there. What are some of your non-traditional favorites? Uh, you know, listen, I, I think what I'm, I'll tell you a, sort of a different way. What I'm really looking forward to is as, um, you know, some extracts start, coming on the market a little bit more. I know, um, you know, I know Hexo's got uh, a hash product on the marketplace now, um, and a couple others do as well. You know, hash as a product is not easy to produce at scale. So mm. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to a consistent, high quality hash product hitting the market. I think that's going to do very well for our consumer base as well. You know, one of the things we, we've heard is that a lot of consumers are sticking with the unregulated market because of things like their access to uh, better quality hash there, right? So our ability to start to address those consumer needs in a regulated channel um, is really gonna, gonna help that public policy goal as well as our own business goals. So that's good. I think from a pre-roll perspective, what I'm finding interesting is uh, you're seeing a couple of manufacturers or one in particular who has 
you know, the, the pre-rolls are using a, a cigarette technology. Mm-hmm. Um, ReadyCan product in particular, those are, you know, you, you take a look at the data here in Ontario in particular, uh, and those are flying off the off the shelf that's there, right? And it's really addressing a, a consumer need. I mean, they're very, um, you know, they're, they're consistent, they're discreet, they're well-packaged, they're, they've got a lot of things kind of going for them, and I'm anxious to see how that kind of continues to to evolve for sure. Um, those are sort of the two that I'm, I'm, I guess, most excited about now. But but having said that, um, I'm really uh, I'm really liking some of the genetics, the the variety of genetics that's starting mm-hmm. to to pop up out there. It seemed that there was a time when you know everyone had their you know, I could I could buy you know whatever uh, pink Kush from six different suppliers, but but that was kind of it. But now there's a greater variety and how the LPs have stepped things up. I think the one thing that's going to be interesting, Dean, is, you know, you hear a lot of folks now talk um, on the LP side of things about, you know, moving to a more premium offering on things. Um, and I'm anxious to see what they think that actually means. Um, because in a, in a dark market where consumers are, are limited in terms of what they can be told, um, I'm interested to see what premium actually means to a lot of people because it's not just about thc right. uh there's more to it right um and, and how that definition of premium is going to evolve or just develop in all in a dark market where you can't mm-hmm. communicate that effectively with a consumer i can as a retailer which makes us a uh, um, an incredibly part of uh, incredible part valuable part of the value chain um for that but that's what i'm interested to see how that all shakes out yeah, there's a lot. There's a ton of cultivars I've had in the teens with THC that punch way above their weight when you bring everything else into it, and, yeah. and that's a method message we try to get across on uh, on this show. All right, I have two questions. I'll maybe combine them into one. Um, the Cannabis sure. Act review. You know, do you think there could be changes to put cannabis on a level playing field? And kind of part B to that is what's the next big thing in cannabis? And that could be it. That could be the next big thing is putting us on a level playing field, but maybe you have an idea about something else that might change the world. Hmm. So I'm not sure what's going to happen, obviously, with that with that review. I mean, I'm hopeful there's there's things that, you know, clearly I like to see um, in terms of from a taxation perspective um, as well. It's not so much my problems to fight, but I think from a public policy perspective, um, I think uh, a review of the taxation policy, particularly towards non-combustible forms of the product that are that are in fact mm-hmm. out there. Um, what we're actually going to see, I'm I'm not sure um, if they can do something in terms of when it comes to the equivalency factors, particularly with beverages, um, that would have a big uh, impact, I think, or potentially a big impact in terms of uh, uptick in the beverage category, which continues to to be small on that side of things for sure um but whatever comes you know we're we're kind of ready for it uh we're operating the way we are i think it's got a lot more of an impact on the licensed producers than it does with with retailers um to be sure um to your second point about what's the next big thing i'm I'm looking forward to the day, and I think if you really want to break through in a, in a dark market, um, that ability when you can start making really 
justified claims about onset and offset as it pertains to products that are out there. Um, when you when you know it's going to be faster acting and it's going to go away faster, um, when when that kind of technical scientific uh, Rubicon has been crossed, um, I don't know when that's going to be. But I think that'll be a bit of a game changer. And I say that because you know, take a look at one of the reasons often cited why people haven't tried to consume cannabis is there's a general view of they're afraid of perhaps losing control, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't know what the effects are going to be like. Um, and so your ability to actually, you know, have something that's more predictable for those consumers, I think that's going to actually expand the category um, as well, right? So those two things, mindful. Would love to see, again, uh, you know, expansion of consumption um, opportunities mm -hmm. too. I think, I think the reason that cannabis, um, you know, part of the reason cannabis uh, hasn't gotten to the levels of, of beverage alcohol in terms of its incidence and consumption across the country is because, you know, the need states and occasions, while they might be sep might be similar, you know, there, there are no lounges. There, there are no, you know, when you go into a restaurant or a bar, you're not pairing your burger or your steak with a cannabis beverage. It's with mm -hmm. uh, an alcoholic beverage that's, that's there. So as those things begin to evolve too, that'll that will move the entire category forward. Whether that happens here in Canada or happens south of the border, um, which is where I suspect it'll likely happen a little bit faster, uh, particularly in some state levels, remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. But it's still, I tell you, I mean, the kind of takeaway on this, sorry to interrupt you, Dean, but the kind of takeaway is, you know, we're still in the early days of this industry, right? Yes. Um, we are still early innings of the ballgame. There's still a lot of consumers out there who are consuming in the illicit market um, that, you know, we're going to pull in to the regulated market that's there. Um, consumption and incidents with non-consumers, you know, that'll continue to grow. Scientific advancements that'll, that'll happen, uh, a tightening and a bettering of product that are, that are out there. Um, we're still early days, so it's still an incredibly exciting time to be part of this industry. We, I, I, you mentioned Amsterdam and our one hitters uh, of, of of your time there, and and I, I honestly think Canada has an opportunity to become the legal Amsterdam because if people don't know, cannabis is actually not legal in Amsterdam. It's it's not criminalized, and they kind of turn a black eye, and that's a that's a whole other subject. But we could, if we wanted to, be kind of a legal uh, Amsterdam. Like, hey, come to Canada, tour around. We've got great scenery, and try our cannabis. It, it, it's really really awesome. Awesome. And, you know, I, maybe that maybe that will come uh, in the in the next little while. Who knows? But as, as you alluded to, it's not a sprint. It's not the 100 meter dash. It's more like the, the you know, the, the 1200 meter or the 800 meter. It's a it's a bit of a marathon. And my concern is if it's a it's an 800 meter race, Canada has a 200 meter head start already on everybody. And we might get past very soon if we don't. Uh, look at how we are regulating this, and I'm not saying that you just open the doors like some states did, but you got to oh, you got to open the doors a crack a little bit so that we can survive and thrive and be a world leader in this. Just my opinion. No, I think it's I think it's a fair opinion. I'm not sure tourism. You know, uh, when you've got states like you know California and Colorado mm -hmm. and and more and more, um, you know, I I can see that being them having a bit of an advantage for all the other wonders that they have kind of going along with it uh, as well. Um, but nonetheless, uh, but nonetheless, there is some, some, some real opportunity that's available here. I think, you know, the federal government made very clear that the reason for legalization 
was to support a public policy objective, um, which was to say to get rid of the unregulated market that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm incredibly proud, in all honesty, with what we're doing at Value Buds, because I think it's truly in support of that mandate uh, from a public policy perspective of providing, you know, high quality cannabis products at prices that are below the illicit market. Um, we're really doing, I think, our part to help further that overall objective for the country. Great stuff, Darren. The name uh, outside the store says it all, Value Buds. Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, program and uh, sharing kind of your story in cannabis uh, because it's a great one. And best of luck with Value Buds. Sir, thank you so much for your time. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time. That was awesome. What a great conversation. So informative. And we're going to keep it going. One hitters. We'll be coming out later this week featuring Darren as we get to know his cannabis history. You can find that and full episodes at www.cannabis101podcast.ca. You can also subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our Friday giveaway. Who grew it? What's the terpene profile? Who created it? What is the lineage? How much THC? What's in a name? This is Know Your Buds, a close-up look at cultivars you should try or try again. Joining Dean is our educator, Chris Ionson. Loving the chance to get a good chance to explore another awesome cultivar on Know Your Buds. And, you know, it is uh, obviously playoff hockey time as I bring in my good friend Chris Ionson, uh, Plant Life Cannabis Regional Manager. And so it is playoff hockey. We know that. We're seeing that right now. It's also playoff weather outside as we record this. Uh, I can't believe... Uh, that it was this beautiful green grass earlier today, and now it's just uh, pure white. And it's going to go away. It's it's May long weekend. Many a times, Chris, I've camped and woke up into snow on May long weekend, as I'm sure probably you have as well. So it's fitting though with uh, with playoff hockey going on to have this weather though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a white wonderland out there right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, totally fitting with the the hockey. Yeah, and I guess it's going to help green things up because any kind of moisture, and, and there are certainly places that need the moisture with some of the wildfires across the prairie provinces. So, um, you know, it's 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 typical if you live in Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Manitoba that it could snow May long le- weekend, and oftentimes it does. Uh, okay, let's get to this awesome cultivar that we are going to explore today. Afghani Drifter is a 60-40 indica-dominant hybrid. And it's from Greybeard Cannabis. So uh, they are under the Thrive Cannabis umbrella. That's the parent company. So tell us a little bit about what makes up Thrive and, uh, in addition, Greybeard Cannabis. 
Yeah, Dean. So the Thrive, they're out of Simcoe, Ontario, and, and they were founded in 2017 by a group of like-minded individuals. Uh, they're a small privately owned company. Um, they produce craft grown, you know, uh, quadruple A flower premium concentrates. They've got diamonds on the market. Um, yeah, they've kind of come in real hot and, and hard. And it's, it's great to see them here in the market. Diamonds. Uh, that is so awesome to, to see that, you know, I have had that in the past and uh, really looking forward to trying that, uh, from thrive because uh, the cannabis is great and the team behind it, um, you know, some pretty powerful people behind this company. Yeah, absolutely, Dean. Uh, they got a, a, an all-star team over there. Uh, the company was founded by Art Bloom. Uh, this guy successfully founded and managed multiple uh, companies. He holds patents for several automotive and chiropractic equipment. Um, and he's just been involved in the agricultural sector of farming and crop production for the past 10 years. Um, Jeff Huber is their CEO. Uh, he's got 20 years in the startup uh, uh, business uh, in the clean tech and biotech sectors. Um, and Bubba, Bubba Nicholson, uh, he's their VP of business development um, and ethos. And, uh, and Bubba's a legend. Uh, I got to meet Bubba at, uh, at the Nova on Jasper Ave um, when he was kind of touring Western Canada, um, you know, meeting some retail stores. And, and the, the man's a legend. Uh, he is just kind of, uh, I feel like he kind of just speaks what, what Greybeard is all about. Uh, just a super cool cannabis uh, personality. Um, and, and Bubba comes from, uh, he's got over 20 years experience in, in marketing and uh, development in the beverage alcohol industry. Um, and he was one of the founding fathers of, of the Movember movement in the U.S. So uh, Bubba hooked us up with that, that Mo and, and all that, uh, all the mustaches there. He was uh, one of the folks that started that. And uh, working with Bubba, Bubba is, uh, is Tom Hardy. And Tom is their director of sales for Western Canada. And uh, he's the Alberta rep that I, I deal with on the regular. Um, everybody loves this guy. Tom is just uh, an industry favorite. Uh, his knowledge and his passion um, just just shine on through and his energy is just amazing. Uh, and him and Bubba have teamed up and they've been kind of touring around, uh, you know, releasing this product out into uh, Western Canada. And uh, it's been a huge hit. And I, I've been following the guys on social media uh, and they've, you know, got a, a great little story with their their tour and, uh, and checking out shops. So it's been uh, super cool. That's awesome. And uh, under Thrive, we've got a couple of brands. There's one of them that we're going to be talking about today. So tell us about the two brands that they have going right now in the market. Yeah, so right now, uh, two brands, Bean, is uh, is their Oral Strips brand. And they've got uh, 10 packs of uh, 10 milligrams of THC or CBD. Um, and they you put them under your tongue and they dissolve sublingually. Uh, it's a really great way to uh, ingest your cannabis. Um, and then they've got Greybeard, and that's their their premium rec brand. It's it's for those who uh, hold quality above all. Uh, Greybeard is an homage to those who do things the right way, the way they should be done, without shortcuts, without sacrificing quality, and usually means doing things the hard way. But you know, it it shows in the product and and with the quality that we see from from Greybeard. Well, it's certainly good quality, that's for sure. You Just looking at it, you can see how tight things are. So tell us how they grow this beautiful stuff. Yeah, so they grow uh, at their facility in Sibco, Um and it's, it's a farm facility on 180 acres. Uh, they've got a smaller indoor facility that their, their crew has really, really dialed in, um, just 
really hard. Everything's tweaked in, in the kind of the right ways, and they're producing uh, some really consistent uh, quality bud coming out of those rooms. Um, they grow with uh, hydroponic uh, systems there, and uh, you know, with a, a real fine precision. Um, they've got uh, they're, they're real picky with their their cannabis, and so each plant has the same amount of of limbs, and it's the same height. Um, their nutrient formula is one that their CTO um, and weed wizard, uh, Tyson Kramer, he's been working on this, this nutrient formula um, for four years uh, with one of, the, uh, one of the world's best nutrient consultants. And they made this one uh, specifically for cannabis and it's, it's working out really well and they're very excited about it. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I love, uh, you know, I, I love that they are working on something that they have kind of fine-tuned and uh, how meticulous they are. Um, tell us about the outdoor uh, grow that they have. Yeah, they've got a, a really cool outdoor uh, setup. It's a, it's a hydroponic setup outdoors, which you don't see too, too much of. Uh, and they've got full-flow regulators, 28-gallon uh, pots, uh, and a peat-based growing medium. Uh, and their nutrients are, are dialed in uh, just like they are indoors. And it's pretty much an indoor grow outside in the elements, uh, which is super cool. And, uh, and some of the plants have grown to be over 12 feet tall. Hmm. Um, and every, everything is, is monitored heavily by their crew of, of cannabis uh, experts. Like these guys uh, really know what they're doing. Now, what they do with the, the bud that they grow outdoors, um, they harvest those crops, they flash freeze the plant matter. And it gets used for hydrocarbon extraction as they have a, a premium line of concentrates um, like their live resin terp sauce slush, um, their diamonds and their live resin vape carts. Um, and th their diamonds are, are a game changer for, for anybody that likes the, the hard hitting stuff. Um, I highly recommend checking out their diamonds. They're, uh, it's something really pure. I love diamonds for when I don't have anything productive to do and I just want to watch something <laughs> and uh, just kind of, for lack of a better term, trip out a little bit because uh, it's absolutely awesome. So I can't wait uh, to get into that stuff. I also can't wait for Farmgate to get to Alberta, uh, but they have that in Ontario. So tell us about how they're working in Farmgate. This is this, like the wine industry, is going to be a game changer for cannabis when we get there. Yeah, it's, it's crazy news. You can actually uh, go, go to their facility, get a tour, uh, and then uh, purchase some of their product uh, uh, afterwards. Uh, and pretty much, you know, buy the freshest legal weed available. Um, yeah, it's, it's super cool. And it's just a small little, uh, facility they built, uh, using, uh, reclaimed sea containers. And it's actually a video of it online, uh, on their, uh, thrive.farmgate Instagram handle there, uh, where you see them building this really cool structure, uh, and it kind of showcases their brand. So yeah, it's super neat. That's awesome. Like I said, that ha that can't get to Alberta fast enough for sure. How about this yeah. website, uh, graybeardcannabis.com? Like, we've talked about websites, you know, and some of them have great information, um, uh, and, and you know, they look okay. Other ones look uh, really great, but maybe don't have. And then there's some ones that have both, and this one does. Like, that is just a stunning picture right off the top when you log on to their website. Yeah. And it goes yeah, back the, uh... up. <laughs> oh man goes yeah, back in reverse uh, yeah the goop yeah it just looks uh amazing i i'm a big fan just right off the hop the branding the font they use the 
their logo and uh, everything's just super cool for me. Jeez, uh, great image shots they have as well. I love the font. It kind of, I said earlier, reminded me a little bit of uh, um, Jack Daniels or Harley Davidson, like very kind of retro classic, the colors a little bit. I'm um, trying to click on, there we go, click on the Afghani uh, drifter that we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, just the, the font, the look, everything, uh, very, very well done. Um, you know, if you could tell that these people know what they're doing when it comes to cannabis and know what they're doing when it comes to marketing and attracting people in an industry that you just can't really do that. Yeah, Dean, they're, uh, I feel like they're already standing out uh, with their, their marketing, their branding. It's out there. Um, there's a big kind of buzz. There's popularity behind the brand already, and they just kind of joined on. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to see some some big things from Greybeard. You know, people sometimes say the product shots you see aren't what you get. Well, look at that product shot right there, and then look at what we got. It's pretty similar, my man. Like it's <laughs> it's it's almost like we got that uh, edition right there of Afghani Drifter. Well, uh, but like look at like you're looking at it there. Look at it there. It's like I think we've got the uh, the product shot batch here or something like. That. But that's what you get. You know, they're showing you these are because these are great nugs and big nugs as well. So uh, you could check that out at graybeardcannabis.com. I absolutely love it. So let's talk about the history because I love this. There's a unique story to this. Uh, tell us about the lineage. Yeah. So the lineage of the Afghani Drifter. Uh, it's an Afghani Kush, which is a, a Hindu Kush land race. Uh, and that's crossed with the skunk, uh, which is a, a three-way of Afghan, uh, Mexican, and Colombian. Uh, mm, three so land race, Kush, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, Afghani Kush uh, crossed with the skunk. Um, however, when they first got these genetics, uh, it was described to them as that. Uh, both, you know, labeled as indicas, uh, you know, pretty pretty clear about that. But when they were growing it, they started to notice some um, sativa-like tendencies, like uh, stretching and and long internodal spacing uh, in between the buds there, and and they kind of felt that the plant had drifted away from its indica mm. genetics, uh, and they classified classified it as a hybrid, uh, and uh, yeah, that's kind of also where the you know the name play as well as it drifted in there. That's really unique, eh, uh, for something like that to happen. Uh, so I love how they. Uh, picked up on it right away and kind of it, it became kind of part of this uh, you know this plant's persona a little bit and we talk about the uh, THC percentage in this it's 23.7 uh, which is on the strong side for sure we'll tell you about uh, what we think it uh, qualifies for a little bit later I love this as well Chris uh, this is 2.763 terpenes and uh, we'll get to that on the package in a second but i absolutely love that uh and i love the stories and the reasons behind the names first let's start with graybeard yeah so graybeard it's a it's a nod to the the men and the women that's that led the way in, in the cannabis world um you know and then they've they've uh it's just an, an homage to those people that uh that kind of paved the way for us um you know, within their team, they've got a few people, a few gray beards on the team. Um, so it's just kind of a, uh, just a shout out to the, to that kind of the wisdom, the knowledge. Um, with the name on the Afghani Drifter, uh, it has to do with the genetics uh, as they drifted away from the indica dominant side of things. 
uh, leading into a bit more of a, of a hybrid there. Um, but yeah, those are the, the deal with the names. Pretty unique for sure. Uh, all right, let's take another look at the uh, packaging. Uh, as mentioned, love the uh, font, that logo on there. I love the the color of the packaging. What do you think of it? Uh, yeah, so I, I I like it. I do like the the branding and stuff. I feel though for for something this premium, this this good, I I would love to have seen it in a glass jar. Uh, just to really kind of showcase that, uh, I just like seeing my my premium bud come in that. Uh, but not a knock knock to them because what what's inside it is is really what counts, and and it is you know tremendous product inside. Uh, them listing that the terpene percentage on the jar is that's a home run for me. Uh, love seeing that. And and with their their terpene percentages, Dean, uh, they only test for for 27 terpenes uh, when they do their terpene tests. Uh, where where some of the other um, folks out there will test for uh, quite a bigger number, a larger number, thus creating, uh, you know, larger terpene percentage, but they go for 27 of the kind of cannabis related terpenes. So um, it's, a, it's a terpy batch for sure. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. I too love the fact that the uh, terpenes um, uh, percentages are listed. Uh, on the packaging, um, uh, yeah, glass would be great. Uh, uh, humidity pack would put it over the top and no lip uh, would get it perfection. Uh, but yeah. you're right. Uh, the inside uh, content is um, excellent. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the look of these uh, really tight nugs that came in the batch I got. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, the look on it right away uh, when I cracked mine, instantly smiled i was just like okay this got excited it was just looked amazing uh, uh right off the hop um I, I had two tones of green a really kind of bright green that pops um with a lighter green mixed in there uh some brown pistols really nice trim job uh with it uh there's really not a lot of excess to it it's all pretty much smokable product with you know the odd stem that you're, you're gonna find in there but just no no sugar leaves or anything um Excellent dusting the trichomes, real shiny. Uh, looks like craft cannabis. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it, it 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 feels, looks, um, and smells, and we'll get to that in a second. And then the taste, I will get to as well, like fresh cannabis. Like there are some there's some uh, cannabis uh, batches you can open, and you can tell that this is not fresh. And then there's others that the freshness just hits you in the face. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, yeah, this one does that for sure. All right. Getting the uh, old J lit up. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the terpenes in here. What do you got for us? Yeah, so uh, our, our dominant terpene is, is humulene uh, in the Afghani Drifter, and that's found in hops. Um, we've got caryophylline in there as well, and that's uh, in black pepper and spice, and that's also Dino's fave. And uh, we've got myrcene in there as well. And that's kind of uh, an earthier uh, terpene. It's also found in mangoes. Uh, I got a big whiff of uh, earthiness uh, when we first smelled this. Uh, Nosy McGee got citrus. Uh, so, you know, maybe there's uh, definitely that uh, down the line. But I definitely got the uh, the earthiness uh, and with the, the myrcene. Um, so what did you get as far as the smell when you cracked this open? Uh, so for me, it was like a, a spicy, earthy smell uh, with, with with a funk to it, uh, a little funk in there. And um, 
smelled really fresh, uh, which, which I like that. And, and there was a smell that it reminded me of that I struggled to kind of figure out what it was. And then I, I did piece it together. It's, it sounds like a weird one, but uh, reminded me of like uh, the spice from like a fresh batch of Kentucky fried chicken. Wow. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's very unique. Yeah. That's like, that's where specific. my nose took me. Yeah. It was, uh, it was finger licking good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll give you yeah. that one. That's very impressive. That's yeah. very impressive. I got a little bit of sweetness, uh, as well. And I wonder if the humulene, if there's a little bit of, I don't know if, if hops are, uh, particularly sweet, uh, but definitely I'm getting, uh, the spiciness um, as I'm smoking this, uh, you know, when you, when you go for the taste test, uh, I'm definitely getting some spiciness from this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a nice one for sure, and and the spice was super noticeable. What else do you get on the taste uh, from this? Uh, this is also very smooth um, uh, for joints. I, I don't smoke joints often, uh, but I'm I'm on a bit of a joint kick right now, and I have been noticing. Uh, things tasting differently. I mean, when you so, throw something in a vaporizer, you're getting a pretty consistent uh, taste uh, as far, um, other than the, uh, like when it comes to smoothness, I mean, not flavor. It's all different with depending. Uh, but you're getting a pretty consistent smoothness with a vaporizer. Not all joints are equal. This is. Yeah, I, I conceived it in joints. I agree. It was super, super smooth. Uh, I, I found it earthy and spicy on the, on the flavor for me um, and just tasted like, you know, well-grown bud, properly flushed, um, just grown by people who know, you know how to grow bud. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm with you. What was your experience? Everybody's a little bit different, so we don't want to tell people exactly what they are going to experience, but we can tell you what we experienced. So, Chris, what was your experience with this? So, for me, it was a bit of a, a situational one. It's kind of a, a set and setting that we've kind of talked about in the past here, where depends where you're at in the day. Um, Great for outdoor use uh, during the daytime. Uh, I, I wake and baked with it and had a little bit more of a chill morning, but uh, got stuff done. I was still able to to stay focused and and, and motivated. Um, you know, it's it's great for uh, evening time too, watching movies, chilling. Um, it's kind of a, it's a unique high. Um, really gets the head going a lot. I found it really good for creativity. Um, yeah, it was it's super uh, enjoyable experience. All right. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to uh, a little bit later on after uh, enjoying this to see what it's like. And with that, we also do the three W's, and that's the who, what, and when that we think this is good for. Uh, keeping in mind, as I said, um, this isn't exactly what uh, is going to happen because everybody's different, but... These are things that we think would kind of work with this cultivar. So what are the three W's for Afghani Drifter? So who it's good for? A level two, uh, not a beginner's cultivar. Uh, you're not going to want to jump in with this. Uh, I think this one is great for the craft cannabis enthusiast. I think this would make a great like gift. If someone's looking for like a nice present for someone that right. really likes cannabis, this would be a tremendous like, uh, gift for someone to to give i think um what it's good for anything it is good for anything dean um it's it's very diverse the effects kind of depends where you're at i think it's great for being active and getting stuff done um provided you you do have a little bit of um 
you know, a little bit of a kick in the butt, a little bit of, of a motivator. Um, it's also mm. great for getting your chill on and, and relaxing. It's great for movies, documentaries. Um, watching sports was really cool too. Um, and, and when it's good for, anytime. So it's, you know, anything, anytime. I love that. I think it's a, it's a really fun hybrid. Um, you know, I, I've started my day off with it and I've enjoyed it right before bed too. It's kind of, those two and anything in between. I kind of like this. You know, you've got a uh, Connor McDavid jersey on, I believe. Uh, but I'm going to say this is the kind of the Shohei Otani uh, cultivar, a guy that's like can lead the league in home runs and also strike out 14 in a game, a pitcher and a hitter. He can, he can do it all. This is, this is the cultivar that just kind of blends with whatever you're doing and kind of just makes it a little bit better. And if, you know, you're tired and you want to chill out, uh, it's not going to make you get up and have a bunch of energy. And if you, you're going out to do something, it's not going to bring you down. It's going to give you that boost. It's It kind of works for everything. And, you know, when, when you say level two, when I saw the, the THC percentage, I was like, oh, this is going to be a level three. But it kind of goes to show you that THC can sometimes be misleading. That's a, that's a fairly high THC level. But because of the balance it doesn't maybe bring it up to that level three. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I, I think so, Dino. Um, yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't classify this in, in, within that level three, just uh, being, being too, too extreme. I think this is, can be enjoyed by mm. um, you know, both, both levels there. And if you are going to get this, like for if you have a, a pretty experienced cannabis user uh, that this would make a great gift for, I th- I totally agree with that. The you know the the cannabis uh, ca- uh, you know um, self uh, cannabis connoisseur that uh, really likes to get into things, but just don't get this for the beginner. If you have somebody that's new to cannabis, uh, maybe maybe just go with something else. But you got that special. A uh, person that knows a lot and really, really appreciates cannabis, this would be a great gift for them as as well. I would agree with that. And I love the anything, anytime. It just blends with it. All right, really quickly, uh, we got May Long Weekend coming up, uh, some specials at uh, Plant Life going on. You drop by, you can get some of these cool glasses. Yeah, these are oh, pretty yeah. cool. There we go. I like that. Uh, and you can use the Plant Life Rewards. I picked up a mask, redeemed my mask on the Plant Life Family Program the other day. So even just showing up, you get 420 points. And then you, I use my two discounts, uh, one for me, one for Nosy McGee, as we picked up an ounce each. It's amazing. You get you get redeemed just for showing up and saying hi. And you make your purchase, and then you can get something later on, a hoodie, a hat. Um, it's great. It makes a great reason to stay out of the snow and go to a Plant Life location this May Long weekend, Chris. Yeah, dude, that's right, buddy. It's all about uh, the family, man. <laughs> Indeed. All right. This has been Afghani Drifter. Uh, from Greybeard Cannabis. You can pick it up at a Plant Life Cannabis. It's a 60-40 Indica dominant hybrid, 23.7%. It is awesome. Also 27 on the terpenes. Thanks so much, Chris, as always. Have a great May long weekend, and uh, don't just don't get the winter tires out just yet. I think the snow is going to go away pretty quickly. <laughs> right on, Dino. I hope you're right, buddy. Uh, thanks for having me, man. We'll see you next week. cannabis life experience it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time
All right. Uh, what a powerful episode this was. Uh, a great cultivar and a great conversation uh, about saving money on quality weed. It's what we all want to do. So thank you very much. If you're watching this on YouTube uh, or if you're listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts, whatever you do, just hit subscribe. It'll come right into your library on YouTube. You hit that bell and you'll get a notification whenever we put things out. As mentioned, we're taking a break. Uh, so you want to leave those notifications on for when we decide to come back or if we have some special one-offs uh, throughout the summer. There might be a few things in the works that we're going to do uh, that could be uh, cannabis-related. So thank you very much. Uh, for watching or listening wherever it is that you are doing that and if you want to get more information or past episodes we've had some amazing guests on in these 94 episodes that we've had there it is the cannabis 101 podcast.ca uh, all you have to do to get the weed weekly uh, that comes in your inbox every friday is click that green circle and you're in the mix we do a spin the wheel of names uh, for the prize pack there and it's an easy way to keep up to date with the show, especially with uh, taking uh, a little bit of a uh, hiatus here uh, for the next little while. If you're into other podcasts, uh, some of these shows will be continuing as they are of the fantasy sports variety. And that's where I'm heading to is the fantasy sports world. Uh, man, I, my head is spinning with the things that we have going. If you're at all a fantasy sports fan, you want to know about UFFsports.com. Bookmark that, get on Telegram, get in the game where you own the game. But here's uh, where I have some of my shows, podcastalley.ca. Uh, you can check things out there and all the uh, the different shows uh, that we have, past and present. You might want to check out some of the great conversations from Sports & More uh, that we've had with some, um, you know, Hall of Famers, uh, some fun baseball chats as well on the Prospects Baseball Show with uh, Matt Stairs, uh, Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer. We're back at it on Tuesday, the final episode, uh, 95, uh, for the summer, uh, hour number one. Uh, we will have the latest with David Wiley from the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Company on the business of cannabis. Uh, we'll have another cannabis character, weed word of the day, cannabis question, and much, much more. To come, uh, we've got some uh, very cool guests lined up for that final show, as well, and another cultivar uh, on hour number two with Chris Sciencen. All right, that's going to wrap things up for me uh, and all of us here. Thank you very much uh, for tuning in or listening uh, wherever you're doing that. Uh, remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Big thanks to Darren Karasuk from uh, Nova Cannabis, the CEO of Nova Cannabis, Inc., and, of course, Chris Ionson from uh, Plant Life Cannabis, the regional manager here in the Edmonton area on Know Your Buds. Uh, one more thing to say, go Jets, go. We leave you with uh, the marijuana song, who is uh, actually uh, put together by a Manitoban. Have a very great week in cannabis. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. See you later.
Hey, this is a private residence, man. Oh, nice marmot. <laughs>